Hello and welcome to the Practical Leadership Podcast, where I interview great leaders and try to extract their wisdom and experience for you to learn from and hopefully avoid making their mistakes. Check out practical-leadership.academy because you want to help your new managers succeed with hybrid or remote working. Shantanu Shaker, thank you very much for joining me. Delighted to be here, Paul. Thank you so much for having me. Well, would you be so kind as to introduce yourself to my wonderful audience? Of course. So I'm Shantanu, Shantanu Shaker, as you mentioned. Uh, I'm actually in the revenue operations space. And the reason I bring that up is there was a recent study, I think LinkedIn and CNBC did it together, that the fastest growing job in the US is actually head of revenue operations. So very excited to be in this I would say almost nascent space, but really exploding. Um, and, and I know you've you've been in, in this world for a long time, Paul. So I know that in, in parts of SaaS, this is now quite a crucial role. So yeah, very excited to be here. Um, I can go on and on and talk about revenue operations, but at very high level, that's what, that's what I've been doing for the better part of a decade. I've been a management consultant in the past life. I'm sure that'll come into a conversation. Uh, and then on the personal side, I'm a, I'm a father. I have a four-year-old and living in Ireland for the last eight years and very excited to be here. Well, RevOps is the, the heart and soul of a good, well-functioning revenue organization. I mean, revenue operations together with uh, sales engineers mm-hmm. are, I think, the most effective levers for getting salespeople to do what you want. Because you can't really just ask a salesperson to do what you want. They're, they're typically they're <laughs> kind of prima donna like, which is what they should be. You know, they're actors. Yes. It's a performance profession. Absolutely. However, they're not always the most data driven types. And if they are, then finding somebody who's the most relationship driven on the other side of that is quite hard. But if you've got the RevOps team and mm-hmm. your sales engineers, you can point people in the right direction because you show what good can look like. You model that. You, you the enablement happens. And they can see why good should look like that. What's yes. in it for them? So yes. You're modeling both the action, the, the, the practice, the performance, mm-hmm. and the benefit. If you do this, and here's what you do, look how much money you can make. Love it. Love it. And I, and I love what you just said because, and I, I have an acronym which I've, I love, which is WIIFM. What's in it for me? Totally. And I think a big part of and I think you just mentioned. Obviously, we we talk about people being data driven or not being data driven, and how you really tie that together. To me, a large part of my own role and folks in in similar roles as mine is maybe twenty percent is actually getting the data, the inside, the the story. Eighty percent, as you said, is literally getting that change and and getting the change to really embed across, which is all about communication. Uh, so, love love what you just said there. And if you've got a four year old, then you know all about communication. Oh, absolutely. That's 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 the tougher job. <laughs> that's where my stuff, yeah. I, I mean, I think I mean, I've had kids now for 11 years. My mom, obviously, my eldest daughter is 11. Yeah. And the difference in my communication abilities, the way that I've personally developed over the last decade and a bit, is immense because you have to really put yourself in the shoes of the other person. And, and it's not just who they are or their background, it's their, their, their level of comprehension. 
So if you're mm-hmm. trying to talk to a four-year-old, <laughs> most salespeople, no, that's not true. That's not true. Um, because, well, salespeople are busy. They're focused. Yes. They're, they're determined. Yes. They're driving them towards something. Yes. You've only got a limited amount of headspace, so you've got to keep things super simple. It's one of the reasons why somebody like Donald Trump was such a powerful communicator, because he spoke in 10-year-old language, you know? That's the sort of thing. Yeah. And know your, know your audience. That's that's literally the number one rule of communication, right? Know your audience, tailor the message. And it works It works for a four-year-old as well as for, like you said, the, the most seasoned sales 44-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Shantana, what was your yeah. journey to becoming a people manager? Right. So, so I think the journey I'd start with, and I was very lucky, actually, or fortunate, I would say, even in in the early part of my career, I was I spent about five years at Bain and Company, which mm-hmm. is the management consulting firm, and they are really focused on coaching and people management. And about a year and a half, I was a young, wet behind the years associate consultant. But within about a year and a half in, I was already managing a couple of people, and now a lot of a lot of different. Companies have a supervisory role or where you're responsible for somebody's output, but not really managing, managing them. I think what I loved about Bain was even for someone who's so new to role or so new to even working, you start really by managing people. You start caring about the professional development. You are responsible. You get upward feedback. So all of that started about a year and a half then. And I really believe in those five years, by the end of those five years, I was managing a couple of case teams where you had seven people or and that entire focus on not just being given the opportunity to lead and manage and really manage people, but being given the tools on how to think about it and really learn that as a mix of art and science. I keep going back to sales. like Just like we say sales is a mix of art and science, I would say people management is is definitely a mix of art and science. And that's, that's how my journey began. And then since then, I've pretty much been managing people uh, all my professional career since then. Uh, for the better part of a decade, I've been in the tech space. Uh, I was at LinkedIn for a while. I've, I'm now working at Gong, um, and even now I've just been I've been taking the learnings from my first few years and then adding on from different places. In LinkedIn, we had this phrase: "Every single employee deserves a great manager." So just how how you nice. start building towards that. So yeah, every employee deserves a great manager. Write that one down. Okay, interesting. What then did you pick up as you were developing in your own career? What mm-hmm. sort of advice would you then turn and give to somebody in that same position? Okay. And, I, and I'll probably, I'll, and this is the number one advice that has stuck with me across, like I said, there's been a lot of things I've learned on the job. There are people who have, through osmosis, you pick up things that different people talk through. And obviously, there are reams and reams of training and sessions I've gone through. Um, the one thing which has stuck to me the most, and this is early on when I was about a year or so in LinkedIn, um, and I'll actually name this. this he, he now leads LinkedIn's EMEA and LATAM business for uh, the B2B sales and talent solutions, Olivia Sabella. And he talked to me about how leadership and management are two very different things, and people often conflate the two. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm going there is leadership is all about, let's say, being inspirational, being motivating, thinking about being a thought leader and driving a lot of, I would say, a vision and mission for your team and so on. But as a manager, there's an there's a, there's an element of having 
to roll up your sleeves and really drive process and accountability and really build a very i would say almost a, a build a very clean way of connecting what's the bigger picture what's the 30000 feet view to what does this mean again we, we we i go back to wifm what does this mean for me mm-hmm. as someone working in your team what should i be doing how should i be thinking of and i and I'll, i can go into details but more around what is my week going to look like my month going to look like my quarter looking like so building that mechanism the science part of it which goes with that art or vision that you're going from leadership that 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 difference is, is massive and i think my advice to any anyone who's new to management is making sure you're able to define what your mechanism of being a manager looks like and how would you operate day in and day out how would that how would you give that clarity to your, to your team so basically know know what your role is know why are you there what are you adding to that team that they wouldn't otherwise get and that's and that's fair exactly and, and there's i think there's there's value at like you rightly said a large part of and again because i started off in management consulting where a successful people manager was also adding a lot of value to the actual output and and again in consulting the the output was worth millions of dollars quite often in terms of slides so there's like okay how are you thinking about is is are you answering the right questions or not and and it's adding value in making the fi- finished product look better in in sales when you come out it's obviously how are you showing up in front of customers there's value at there and that's what i would call almost on the thought leadership side to me the and it goes back to the 20% output 80% communication to me there's a massive element in being a successful manager in driving process leadership and process leadership is okay have you thought about what your overarching goals are how do you work backwards from there what are your, what are your and i and i don't want to use an acronym for the sake of it but what are your smart goals for the week what are what are what are your okrs for the quarter what are you doing in the month what does that mean in terms of the anatomy of what a week in your role looks like so literally dri- driving that that together especially for people who are new in role coming into your team but also for people who've done it in a certain way in a certain company it might not translate into your role so building that process and predictability and defining what it means and then helping them navigate through how to communicate that across the org is crucial mm. the difference between leadership and management yes very much um there's a great definition from a chap called Joe Owen who was uh, one of my guests a while ago he's a great leadership uh, management writer Mm-hmm. and he says leadership's about getting people to where they would not get on their own. It's a good one. Yeah. That is a good um, one. Um the other ones that you I'm sure you've heard of as well. And then, by the way there's nothing wrong with the smart stuff or the OKR stuff. I mean the simple things. Yes. Are brilliant. Yeah. I mean, the, the magics the, the the basics are are magic too. And that's the whole point. If you you need to do the basic yeah. things and you need to do them really really well. And, and if you want to learn how to do it really well, come along to my masterclass and my course and you'll find out more. Anyway, that's my ad. Love it. Um, Love. Yeah, I, I do courses, <laughs> coaching for new managers. And so then I'm sure. The other thing I'm sure people have heard is um, that the idea is leaders do the right thing and managers do things right. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got, you're leading people towards the, the bright yeah. sunlit uplands that you're managing them to get things done. Yes. 
there's a chap coming on as a guest um, fairly soon, uh, Garen Hess, who's the CEO of uh, an interesting company uh, in the US called Consensus. And he talks uh, about basically getting stuff done. That's okay. the objective. Everything else can get out of the way is getting stuff done. A leader, a manager, both of them actually responsible for getting stuff done. Absolutely. And I, and I think what you just said about getting, and I don't know if, if um, you've seen this Venn diagram that Jeff Wiener, the CEO of LinkedIn, used to talk about. He had this, because you mentioned getting stuff done. He had an intersecting Venn diagram of people he likes to work with. And it's basically people who think big, get stuff done, and have fun. And and I think that's the intersection of what, essentially, as a as a as a leader, as you're trying to motivate people towards. But you need to that getting stuff done is the job of every manager. And I, like you said, it there sometimes things can sound quite basic. But one very simple approach I use, and I I give. I know a lot of people have like, this is my playbook of how 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 to use me as a manager because it's like it's the manual of me when when someone joins my team. But to me, there's there's really three buckets to it, which is process. I talk about process leadership being important. Just literally, what what is our deliverables? What are our tasks? We do we do literally a work planning session every every Monday. So there are the elements of my week which look then similar, and then my team knows that this is how. We will operate and communicate internally, but also externally. So you have like a work plan, you, you align on things and so on. Second is to me purpose. And purpose is very this is where the leadership element feeds into 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 management as well, because you might have had a leader show something big and, and there's a very big vision for the team. What does it mean for me as a in my role, like you mentioned, if, I, if I'm in RevOps, if there's someone else who's a solutions engineer, what do I need to do in service to that bigger goal? So therefore building that purpose, and I, I use that for any any core projects that are going on, ha- having check-ins around that, and how do you really drive towards? And the last one to me is all about people, and that's that's foundational, right? Because again, being, being, a, being a manager, having the ability to drive people and having the ability to motivate people, not just from a from being an inspirational leader, but really understanding what's going on in their lives, where what where their their aspirations are both short term, near term, long term. Sometimes the aspiration might not even be in the role that they're in, might be in a different company. But as a as a manager, do you then wear the hat of the employee you're working with? And how do you really drive their success? Is is in that bucket. So that's the three buckets and I go through those those in more detail with them. Well, let's go through them in a little bit more detail just now. Just break it down, just one level down, okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. So process, purpose, and people, your three Ps. Three Ps, uh, there you go. You, 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 you've, you've caught on there, Paul. <laughs> That's the stuff. See, you can't pay anything past me. Right? <laughs> so process, uh, deliverables and tasks, work planning. Like, give, give somebody who's new to this yes. some pointers about how you go about doing that. You said you do a weekly stand-up. Mm-hmm. So, so I'll do, and, and, and I would, I tend to do this both within my team as a manager, but I also then try and extend this to the broader teams that I'm working with as well. But literally to me, getting that Monday, uh, it could depending on the size of the team, half an hour, one hour, where you're really covering three things. Number one, um, it's, it's more of a connect and a check-in point for everyone to come together as a team. It's important to build that 
rigor and process but on what are our most important and urgent um tasks for the week and in even for the month ahead which are all in service to a broader plan which you've already built right so there's a there's, there's been a this weekly cadence is is almost like a check-in point to a broader plan or quarterly vision that you already have but using that that's one second you almost i i would say we we live in a world where there are often meetings that we work towards or core um core decision points that we are we're literally building towards what are the key activities and events coming up this weekend next just having that one shared view what that also helps us get a get a conversation is oh you know what oh Paul, I'm working on the same piece that you're working on, but in a different lens. Let's try and combine forces. So just having all of that in one place, it's really great to get collaboration when needed, help when needed, and that's one piece. And the third part to me, I actually call this virtual pets. And it's a <laughs> uh, it's a part where, again, it goes back to everybody is a person uh, and has different, different, uh, different aspirations which drive them. I literally do a... Again, this is the consultant in me coming out. I have, I have actually three metrics everybody has on what they want. For example, for me, the three metrics are I want to uh, sleep for a certain number of number of hours a day, exercise for a certain number of hours. And again, these are specified metrics with number of hours per week. And I, I plan to have dinner X number of times at home with family. So those are things which, and, and somebody could have, like someone on my team running a marathon or somebody else has well, I want to learn the piano. So you, you really drive towards their aspirational goals and, and really have that moment of personal connection, but also then make space for it so you understand why somebody is doing a certain thing in, in the week. So you're almost helping people to hold themselves accountable for their personal goals. Yes, in a way. In a business environment. In a way. How does that giving work? The, giving, the, giving them room to do that because, and again, to me, um, and I mentioned, and I didn't go into the people side. To me, a large part of working, and I, you might have read, uh, there's there's this great, great book which talks about how people like uh, Google in the past and a few others have really built that space for teams to really build and um, almost a safe space where you're you're really encouraging each, each other to do great things. And a large part of that comes from having the ability to be yourself. And to me, that's a very, very important personal value I hold, belonging. And and and, and I think it helps the team know each other, belong. And yes, you're holding yourself personally accountable, but in, it's not in like, it's not in a um, nitpicky way. It's more like, oh yeah, I need, I need to make space to do that. Yeah. Interesting. That's really nice. You're making, you're making public space for people's personal goals and helping them to the, the interesting bit is helping them to stay accountable to it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why, and it goes into process because you're, it's at the same, it's in the same meeting where we're talking about our professional goals for the week, mm -hmm. talking about our personal goals. It's great. And does it work? It does. It does. In fact, I've had a, and I've been using this for a long time. And, and again, I won't, and I won't, I won't claim this was my own brainchild because again, Bain did this really well. We had the concept of virtual baby uh over there when i brought when i brought a version of it over uh one of my one of my teammates was very very scared of talking about babies so we made it virtual pets but but i've seen it work really well there's there's a past teammate of mine in the previous role he actually learned spanish he helped 
he had that as as a goal he had not been as successful making time for it before this happened but he did this for 6 months he learned spanish he had like i have to do dueling of rex number of hours every week um i myself have been a lot more i would say a lot more real towards my goals because i'm like okay now i'm putting a metric towards it similar to the way you think of a work goal is that i mean i, I can see that working in a, a revops team mm. where you are by definition a <laughs> bunch of chaps and chapesses that is fair basically you're all geeks right <laughs> that is nerdy fair. geeky that types is, who that, like that excel very fair assessment <laughs> that's a fair assessment isn't it it totally is um how's that going to work with the other sides of your organization well so, i mean you might mind you management consultants i suppose they're kind of softly softly as well aren't they <laughs> to fair again the ones i work with all all even more data driven than some of the folks i met there up so i think you're right there's probably a, an element of who i've i've tried this out with Uh, but when and if i do lead a non data driven team i do plan to try this out so I'll, i'll let you know how that goes then paul it's <laughs> fantastic one of the the companies i'm working with just now um very very it's full of creative 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 mm-hmm. i'm just wondering if that would actually fit for them interesting thought that's fabulous right same time wow okay all right so that's your how to advice then Mm-hmm. virtual pets wow <laughs> love it okay um was there a particular event or maybe a mistake or something that you learned most from so i think have you, have you read the book radical candor by any chance yes. and one of the things i loved about radical candor talks about how in a role as a manager it's important to care personally but also challenge directly and i think the one of the toughest parts of being a manager is having to do tough conversations that's pretty much i think core to the job a successful manager needs to have tough conversations and i had seen the early on in my career i'd seen some really tough instances and probably the toughest conversation a manager has to have is to let someone go it's 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 timely given given the environment we're in these days in tech especially but before i had to make the decision myself and go through that i closely saw a peer of mine go through that process and and she had to unfortunately let someone go on the team and then and it was her first time as well when i'd seen this happen and it wasn't the most um the person who was who was laid off was surprised um they didn't they didn't expect it they probably had an inkling of something going being off but the way that entire process went and obviously it just left a very very strong overpowering impression on the broader team and this is like ages ago so i learned from that i've unfortunately had to do this more than a couple of times myself um because sometimes and this is another, i'm going to use another I, i i love how i keep um quoting jeff feener in, in in any any interview but um jeff weiner used to have the have this phrase it's a, it's a very american phrase where in baseball quite often you have a pitcher who's who can keep pitching for the entire match but you, there's a time when you need to know when you have to take the pitcher out because the pitcher is tired but the pitcher never wants to stop pitching so that's that's the that's the example he brings in and says sometimes the person might be in the wrong role which is not right for them and so on so 
having that mindset of just knowing okay you know what if you are making that decision it has to be right for the person you're making that decision for but also second that person can never be surprised that's the learning i took away if i have to mm-hmm. ever let anyone go it should not come as a surprise and in fact the three people have i've i'm thinking of in the last um of those three people who had i've had to have those direct conversations with um one of them i'm i'm actually still in regular touch with um the other two are not as regular they're in different they're in different geography altogether but all of them literally the conversation to let people go we had an we had a half an hour long chat and they went for a for a drink afterward so it's just something which i've taken away and i think it's the least we can if, because that is that is a that is the toughest decision it's but is the toughest decision for the person who's being impacted the more the more it is one number one the, the, if i just leave one thing with anyone and that's something i've taken away after that when i'd seen what happened was it should not be a surprise no no, no. i mean the i, I deliver um two sections in my uh, new manager course mm-hmm. one on difficult conversations which builds on giving feedback yep. so basically a difficult conversation is a carefully planned feedback session because mm-hmm. if the feedback hasn't worked you have to first of all look at yourself mm. you as a manager have not been clear enough Absolutely. that's the first place to look it's not oh they're not that's... doing what i've asked no it's just most likely to be you being a bit crap frankly yes yes and especially in a virtual environment where it's really difficult to give feedback or even to set expectations that would be really good True. and then on uh, i call it fighting with compassion mm. right mm. um and you don't mess about you don't dance around you don't say oh i have to let you go i have to um we have to reconsider we're down right size upsize screw you basically get out the door that's what they're hearing so you might as mm-hmm. well just use the words i've decided to for not we are considering your yes. son yes. shop it's you i have yes. decided to fire you today will be your last day right own it do it or don't do it oh no and by the way don't say i'm really sorry to have to do this i know how yeah. you feel you're really exactly. valued here you're not really sorry you're that's why you're doing it you don't know how exactly. they feel because it's the worst thing that could happen to them professionally exactly. right? oh i heard somebody once i was sitting next to an hr person yeah uh and they said um what was it something like oh i know this hurts just now but it'll be the best you'll realize this could be the best thing that's ever had oh no now, yeah. as it happens, it might well be the best thing that's ever happened to them. But at that moment in time, they want to take your eyes out with a spoon. <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. And and, yeah. and so, and that's why it's so important. I, I love what you said about it. Feed, feedback, and I think that's probably the most important thing to always provide early mm-hmm. and often, mm-hmm. whether it's positive or constructive. Either ways, right? And I think, that, and that's something which I think. Is, is something I I take away from what I again saw in that one experience, and again I I know it is it is always a tough 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 conversation to have, but the moment the moment you can have that, and I go back to the process element of it, you have scheduled check-ins on a weekly basis Fine. on a Friday, make room for ten minutes for you to give feedback for you to ask for feedback, on a monthly basis talk about longer term career how you're doing, so like literally, and that's why the process element of my people process uh, and purpose comes in is like literally there are things that you can 
scheduled for so there is no there are no surprises across the board very important yeah yeah i mean for the the whole one-to-one thing which is the really the only lever you have to move your business forward is your one-to-one with your individuals so you have a repeating agenda yeah. same damn thing every time and you have a shared document that you work on yeah. right so you see ufcp is the thing i use cufcp right check cufcp up, right so like you it. check in updates on anything that's going on hmm. feedback if you've got any cufc is for coaching and then p nice. is for planning and you I plan and you take the ownership forward coaching uh, check in update feedback coaching planning i love this but i'm actually going to use this Paul. so simple i love, it. I love this so it's, it's, it's great I, I have my own one of my best it's not it's not an acronym i'm loving this as you see, I have I have I have a fondness for acronyms and frameworks. Um, I think this is very very directly applicable. So yeah, this is, this is great. Well, you got you got MFA as well, which is a great one. You heard of that one? MFA, my favorite acronym. <laughs> I didn't know that. About or any FA? There's not another flaming acronym. Oh my goodness! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no more flaming acronyms. Yeah. No more management consultants. Oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. All right. What are you working on at the moment? So a couple of things. So, um, and again, for I, I don't know if most, and I know that you're one of the most listened podcasts in the UK. So, um, oh, for, the only, of, yeah. <laughs> for, for the benefit of your listeners, uh, what Gong does is basically a, a B2B SaaS company, but our predominantly our product helps customers who are, who are in a customer-facing role unlock the reality behind their customer-facing conversations, right? So it's it's basically using... Um, let's say if, if this call was being recorded, let's say this was a sales call, you could actually go back in and get insights, which would be air driven. You could use it for for understanding the possibility of this deal closing. You could use it for, let's say if I was a salesperson, my manager could coach me on how to how to be a better salesperson and find nuggets there. That's a very basic definition, but there's a lot more. We, we expand that to forecasting on a revenue intelligence side. We're even going towards prospecting. So, so a lot basically on the B2B SaaS side. So in a nutshell, my product is my job because revenue intelligence is what I've been doing for the better part of a decade now, uh, and even maybe beyond that when I was a consultant. And really what, I've, what I'm working on right now, if I think about, and it goes back to having those OKRs and, and coming back to the priorities, rather than going into a big thing for everything, the, the, the three big things for me this year, even if I think about, um, number one, and it, it feeds back into what we're thinking of as a company as well. We are moving towards being that big revenue intelligence platform. And for me, it starts with a new product that we're launching, uh, which is gonna be on the prospecting side. So that's something which we're gonna call Engage. It's an engaging name, I hope. Mm -hmm. And um, that's something I'm really excited about. Uh, Second to me, mapping back to my role, how can I, in my role, help us really go in and engage more with customers. As you rightly said, Paul, the traditional revenue operations um, professional is someone who's happy being being behind a laptop, churning out data insights and making massive impact. Uh, I'm lucky to be in this role where our customers are actually people like me. So how can I communicate with them and help our help us really build that? So that's something I'm, I'm trying to do. In fact, um, I'm hosting a dinner later this week where we're kicking off with a small RevOps community for 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 us in London. Um, 
And then the third big piece is, and 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 obviously this is this is a year where, um, across the not I mean, we're obviously, I'm talking from a very B two B SaaS tech mindset. Um, the last six months have been a bit of a turmoil to say the least in in the in the in the macro environment for us. So, trying to make sure we are set up from a operational sense. We are building. We're still we're still a very young company. We're building. We're actually expanding. We st- we set up our European offices only a year and a half ago. So how do we continue to expand within is something while keeping an eye on the macro. What does it mean for us, and what does it mean for us from a people perspective? And the same three buckets. But if I just think about that in terms of more really operational, what are the systems and processes we need to build here, and how do we continue that international expansion? It's going to be big. It's enough to keep you busy. Enough, enough to keep us busy, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Gong's a fabulous product. I mean, it's an absolutely superb product. Uh, I've used it with a number of different clients. It's really, it's quite intense what you can get out of it. So Appreciate that, Tom. What then are you reading or listening to at the moment that you would like to share? Great. So I think, and again, I, I referred the book. I thought uh, would be, so I tend to read more. I, I read two very competing genres, so I, I read, like most of us, I read, I read the I love reading business books to just be a better be a better manager, be a bit better better professional in my job. And and three which really jump out to me there are the culture code. If you've heard that one, that's that's the one I taken the example of earlier. And as well, I really like how the examples that they've brought in and how they can connect to how you can succeed and learn from companies who've been successful. These are the three things they did really well. So that's one. Uh, second, I, I've really been focusing on being a better, um, better, better communicator as well. In terms of, like I said, to me, eighty percent of the job is communication, and twenty percent is is the actual art of it. And, and to that, I really liked starting with why, or start with why rather. I think, and and that to me, again, and I, I love these books which have these examples that you can bring in and and connect. Uh, and the third one I'm actually reading right now. Uh, is is more on the execution side. It's called Amp It Up. It's by the by the current CEO of um, Snowflake, Frank Slootman. and it talks about his journey, but also how he's he's been a I don't want to use the term serial CEO, but he was the CEO at ServiceNow, made them big. He was the CEO at uh, Data Domain, made them big. So and then and now he's at Snowflake. He was there before their IPO, and 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 a big part of his story, like he's this he was this kid from Amsterdam. Or somewhere in the Netherlands who moved to the U.S. Um, and really went in and drove a culture of driving impact and, and execution. So just trying to learn how uh, how they do it. So that's that's my main genre, let's say. But then the second side, I do I do dabble in the if I call it the Lord of the Rings genre, which is more on the fantasy side. So yeah. So in that, um, I don't know if I've, I've been reading the name of the wind series it's it's an interesting uh it's an interesting mix of it's, i think it's lord of the rings meets harry potter meets game of thrones that's that's what i'd call it name of the wind name of the wind name of the wind love it name of the wind i'm writing that down i'm always looking for new things to read i just finished reading the hobbit to my kids you know love it uh, this is great fun absolutely great fun the the terrors of the the forest of Mirkwood. Oh, yes. <laughs> and of course, because it's my kids, I get to do all the voices, you see. 
that is amazing. I, I can so imagine you're doing a great job in that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure well, that's a. I'll take it as a compliment. I'll take it, 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 it is meant to be one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cracking! Uh, what would you like to thank the young Shantanu for doing? Hmm. I think I'd, I'd say two things. Um, really, number one, I think, as as you can tell, I, I'm from India, and I think, um, and I and I grew up. I grew up, my, my dad was in the Indian Army, so we moved around a lot in India. So that got in me an interest in just traveling. In fact, Dublin is the longest I've been in one place. I've never been for such a long time in one city. So um, in my younger days, I, I traveled a lot. So I, I obviously, I'm from India, I studied there. Then I, I started working in Singapore. Then I, Whenever I got a chance to move, I would just I would be the one to put my hand up. Oh, there's a project in Kenya. I actually did a, a project in Kenya. I lived in in Africa for a while. I did six months in San Francisco, which is actually what got me interested in tech. So there's like literally, thank, I think what I'd really thank my younger self was for being open to trying out new geographies and exposures. And finally, that's what got me to Europe as well, much before I was thirty. So I think that piece around being able to understand different cultures being able to adapt your message to the right audience because there's there is a reason behind the reason why everybody in different geographies cultures backgrounds might react differently to the same statistic or fact it's something you have to learn and adapt to so, so I, I think i really thank myself for that uh, and the second one is I've I've probably mentioned Bain like ten times in this in this interview. Um, I think when I was making that decision as a as a youngster, there were there were a few friends who I know, who I who were like, "Your management consulting, I sure you want to go in and 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 back then we used to work eighty hour work weeks. Sell your um, soul. It's 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 exactly, I, I, exactly. Are you ready to sell your soul for for for? Um, and again, at that point, at that point, your your first your first job after college or after B school is like your job for life, right? That's such a big decision. Um, and to me, it was like I know it's gonna be tough, but I think the 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 toolkit I learn will be will be helpful in in the future. And I I really cannot thank my younger self enough for going through those tough few years of really working hard because there are things which I really value the toolkit that I picked up there. Outstanding. And lastly, as we wrap up, how can people find you? What are your coordinates? So I think the best best thing for me, again, the other name which I used as much as Bainted probably was LinkedIn. Uh, and I'm quite active on LinkedIn. Uh, it's 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 my my URL is the way my name is spelt. Um, and yeah, I'm quite active there. So LinkedIn is the best place to connect to me. Well, we'll put your, yeah, we'll put the, your LinkedIn connections in the description of this uh, episode. Shantanu, Shekhar. Thank you very much indeed for joining me. Thank you, Paul. Absolute pleasure to be here. That's a wrap. Thank you for joining me today. Your homework is to leave your five-star review and please, any comments you have, you really help me to improve every day. And it also helps people to discover me online. You should check out practical-leadership.academy because you want to help your new managers succeed with hybrid or remote working. 